Well, 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 well. Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program known internationally and by uh, at least two or three of my closer friends as Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are here with show number 100 and... Is this 110? Or did we do 110 last week? Now you I'm know, confused. it just keeps going. I've got yeah. 110 on my chart here. I, I'm pretty but sure you wrote it's the 110. chart, and if you're unsure... I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 110. <laughs> Lucky 110. <laughs> Lucky 110. We are excited. First of all, I want to tell you that we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at uh, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We are excited because our uh, guest returning for his uh, second appearance on the show is uh, Stuart's Gloss from Puerto Vida Tequila. Stuart, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And I brought my boss. Well, uh, that, I was going to say more, much more importantly, uh, he's brought his, his much better half, uh, Caitlin. Glasses with him as well. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we'll get into what's going on with you guys. And I know in addition to all of the uh, amazing things that are happening at Pura Vida, that you've got some other uh, exciting things in the works as well. So we we'll do. Talk, we we'll do. talk about that coming up a little bit later on the show. I also wanted to mention, uh, Ian, later on the show, we'll be joined once again by Alan Denny from EP Korea. Are you serious? No, I just wanted to give Chris Hart a heart attack with <laughs> <for> the- <laughs> Just, that would be amazing. Just messing with our buddy Chris uh, out there. You know, it, it is funny, though. To, because, see if he's, to see if he's actually watching. Well, you know? it's starting to become a thing, pod crashing. Because we got pod crashed last week yes. by a fantastic guest. Well, yes. And we should mention, by the way, a huge thanks to our guest last week. Alan Denny from EP Korea was on the show. Uh, his buddy Cameron Cook was on the show. And uh, uh, Charlie Minato from Half Wheel. The, yeah, how cool is that? Of, I would say the biggest cigar blog in yeah, the absolutely. world uh, was here. And and he was the most like cool and unassuming guy, and he just had fun talking cigars and stuff. The, so the best part is if you watch that carefully, watch it live. Mm-hmm. We had no idea. No, we did not know Charlie was going to be on and the show. And both of us were just like, "What?" <laughs> and that's thanks to Alan, who recognized him walking in mm-hmm. to Stogies and said, "Oh, do you got you want me to see if Charlie will come on the show?" And I was like, "Well, that'd be awesome." <laughs> yeah, so, that was fantastic. So Alan, uh, kudos to you. Uh, you were right. you were the man. And Jorge with his lighting. Yes, well that that was the other thing is I also <laughs> wanted to thank Jorge for the special lighting effects. The owner of Stogies uh, was uh, was out of the building at the time we were doing the show, and about halfway through, uh, Stuart, the lights went up, and we discovered that he'd been watching the the live feed and determined that maybe it looked a little too dark in there, so he was turning the lights up from his <laughs> from his mobile phone, which I thought uh, was just awesome. And I, I love this high tech world that we live in. Um, so uh, I wanted to mention, by the way, that I went to the Stogie's uh, Wingding on Saturday, uh, enjoyed some uh, some good food and beer, uh, got some great cigars, and I decided I was you know shopping through. You know how they have the tables yeah, around there yeah. with the different deals and stuff, and I decided uh, I wanted to buy this one particular cigar ashtray that I really liked, and you know it was on sale for the event, so I decided to buy it, and it wound up being Charlie from Half Wheel that rang me up. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. he was there. He was there actually working. So it, it, just in case you think those guys are living the high life of glamour. Uh, uh, the cigar blog guys, uh, he was he was working behind. The He's register. there helping yeah. you out. Yeah, I was like, I'm I, gonna go. I'm gonna go smoke a cigar. You now. know, I'm so, I'm so sorry I missed it. I ended up having to play a gig that night at a festival out in um, in uh, the city of Bel Air here in Houston at uh, Evelyn Park. I think is what it was Evelyn called. Evelyn Park, yes. And uh, we were scheduled to go on at at six uh, six no seven fifteen. Yeah. Okay, and we we're gonna play a forty minute set. 
So at about 9.30, we get on, and they cut us <laughs> off in six songs. Well, isn't that the way it always works? Festivals. Yeah, festivals. Did you get paid for the whole thing? <laughs> no, it was a benefit. Oh, <laughs> see, see? So there you go. Uh, so that'll well, be the end of that. Um, uh, on next week's show, by the way, Adam Harris from Beam Centauri will be joining us to talk spirits, so we're looking uh, forward to that. And coming soon, I don't know, uh, we're going to try to get to this before Christmas. We've got so many guests lined up for the, for the next uh, month or so. Are you guys going to have Santa? We well, we're hoping actually to have Santa uh, make martinis. We want to do the smoking and toasting martini showdown. What what we really are trying to do is take a guy who believes that the only true way to make a real martini is with gin, and have him in this corner. And in this corner, have a guy who believes that the best martinis are made with vodka and have him in that corner and then get a little panel of tasters in and decide who wins so that's going to be the some we're going to toast it's going to be a tough day martini we can bring showdown. some of our añejo cigars oh, oh cigars. I, I love this idea sounds i great. love this idea yeah we're in we're in for that yeah. by the way so um speaking of cigars ian did you smoke anything uh, interesting this week my my did i oh yeah T- pl- please tell well, so I got this cigar from you, actually, and I can't remember if you gave it to me for my birthday or what occasion it was, but I got the uh, Special Craft Series Stout Edition from Perdomo. I'm a giving sort of guy. That uh, that, that, that was from been, you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I don't remember why you gave it to me, but I remember that I, you did. I think I do. I think I was giving it to you as a part of, like... Uh, repatriation for all the cigars you brought me when I was in Los Angeles. So I spent a month working out in Los Angeles, and Ian came out. We did the show live while uh, I was out there, and I called him a few days before. Said, "Man, the cigar tax in California is just too oppressive. Can you bring me some cigars?" Do they really have a special tax for cigars? They just have higher. They just have higher uh, tobacco taxes in general. So, uh, so I was like, "Man, everything costs too much out here. Bring me." And he brought me. He like totally took care of me. So slowly over. The next several months, I was like, "Here's a few more. Here's a few more. Paying you back." So anyway, how uh, how was this thing? Well, so uh, I I went and um, it was before rehearsal last night, and there's this great little bar right right around the corner from where. Um, so you did pair it with a beer, and so I went in there and I figured, okay, this is made to go with a stout. So what is the classic stout? Is Guinness, of course. Mm-hmm. So my first beer was Guinness, and I uh, lit up the cigar. First off, the cigar is beautiful. It's yeah, got it's a, a pretty one. Uh, yeah, it's got a wrapper that uh, covers almost the entire cigar, and it looks nice. And when you pull it off, it's a it's a dark to milk chocolate kind of color with a real solid, oily, slightly oily kind of feel, smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, some veins going through it. The the construction on it's just gorgeous, uh, and and pretty firm overall. Um, the pre light sniff was chocolatey, earthy. I also put chocolatey again and coffee because <laughs> it was like it just smelled absolutely like chocolate. The uh, pre-light draw, uh, chocolate, earth, a little coffee, cedar, nutty kind of things, maybe some nutmeg, mm-hmm. and a little bit of pepper on it. The initial light on this, uh, I just I went ahead and roasted the end and lit it up, and I got chocolate. This is a chocolate bomb, yeah, if you haven't figured that out yet. Chocolate is going to be predominant throughout <laughs> right, this yeah. uh, description. Uh, a little think. bit of pepper spice and some coffee. Yeah. Um, the first third of this cigar settled in. Uh, the pepper kind of moved way into the back, and mm-hmm. the chocolate and mocha and nutmeg flavors uh, and some oaky finish on this cigar. It went absolutely fantastic with the Guinness, which is very classic style, awesome. you know. Yeah. And it has a lot of the same profile, the chocolatey, the mm-hmm. coffee kind of things going on. Um, the burn was perfect. The ash was super solid. Uh, the ash, I, this was a Churchill-sized cigar. Pardon me. It was a Churchill-sized cigar, and um, the ash didn't even want to drop it a third of the way through i had to drop the ash because i knew it was going to drop on me at some point in time 
the second third of this, more chocolate, coffee, mocha, earth, earthiness was coming through a little bit. Really enjoyed it. Perfect burn. Yeah. A absolute, like, straight line all the way across mm -hmm. this thing. Um, I went in for another beer. I got the Running Walker Stout, which I absolutely love. We had that on a show at one mm -hmm. point. It sounds very good. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was interesting because I never noticed how much coconut flavor that the Running Walker Stout had in it until I paired it had with it, a cigar. And maybe had it after the Guinness, too. Which Right, yeah. yeah so it really was a, a nice interaction. Uh, mm -hmm. The cigar went great with both of those stouts. Um, perfect burn for the last third of it. Ramped up from a medium to a full. Kind of loaded up a little bit. Um, uh, chocolate notes got a little darker, more like dark, uh, uh, more like a dark chocolate, you know, or cacao kind of flavors, uh, more mocha. I don't know how much of the beer influences were doing that as well, but man, what a great cigar. I smoked it down until there was nothing left. Uh, it was a great cigar. I looked it up. It looks like you can buy them for about eight to nine dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not a real pricey cigar. I enjoyed it so much with that style. The pairing was so good. I give it a seven five. Oh, wow. That's yeah, a, big that's time. a big score. I would have been happy paying $14 for the cigar. So Stuart, the way that our price to quality index works on the show is, uh, it's a scale of one to 10. And if we give something a five, it means you basically got exactly what you paid for. So a five is a great rating. Five means yeah. you're not disappointed at all. It lived up to all expectations. Something gets a four, it means, eh, you know, this wasn't necessarily bad. It just maybe should have been priced a little less or 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 didn't quite live up to its price. You give something a five and a half or a six, it's a great rating. You gave it a seven and a half. A big, it got a great big rating. The burn was perfect all the way down to the nub. I mean, it smoked great. And, and who gave you that cigar again? Some guy... <laughs> Uh, some bum that I know. I think Ian needs to get paid for that description by whoever the, <laughs> the cigar company. Perdomo, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, did you? Did you? I don't know if you did. You detect any chocolate in this? There was there was hints. There were notes of chocolate. This it literally was a chocolate bomb. And if you're ever in the mood for something like after dinner and you want that nice big sweet cigar, that's that one is hands down one of the better ones i've had well uh, that's uh, i've uh, had one of those as well and i've uh, been very impressed with it and you're absolutely right don't even if you have one of these in your humidor don't even think about smoking it without pairing it with a stout and i haven't smoked one without a stout so i don't know but yeah. man i had two different stouts and they're they're pretty different stouts too the mm -hmm. running walker and the uh and the guinness are pretty different in in character and it went great with both of them well i enjoyed a uh, la rosa de san diego cameroon toro and this is a, a fairly new cigar. I think it's new as a Cameroon. The, the line has been out for a couple of years. Uh, Cameroon wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano binder, Nicaraguan filler, a very pretty darker brown wrapper, and the, uh, the, the little uh, band on it was a very nice illustration of a woman standing in a tobacco field. So it was very, nice. it made you, it sort of felt like an old school cigar in a way. Um, Pre-light on it was grassy with notes of wood and some earth. I used a punch. I lit it up and we were on our way. There were some cedar notes, a little bit of caramel that had a soft sweetness to it that kind of lingered as you would smoke. Uh, earthiness and more cedar as it went along. Uh, interesting that you talked about the draw and construction because the draw and construction on this cigar were as close to perfect as anything I've smoked in a long time. I mean, a straight, straight line all the way down. Yeah. Uh, nice amount of smoke. And uh, 
I'd call it medium-bodied, although it started out a little uh, lighter, but uh, built up to a medium and and maybe even medium-plus toward the very end. Uh, Again, about an $8 cigar, which is right in my wheelhouse. I'm not going to go 7.5, but I will give it a a 5.5. I wouldn't have been disappointed to have paid a dollar or two more uh, for this cigar. And it was my first time to ever smoke a La Rosa Rosa de San Diego. So uh, the Cameroon is nice. They also have Maduro and several other wrappers, which I haven't tried, but I I think they're uh, based on how much I enjoyed this, uh, I will be doing that uh, sometime soon. So, Okay, we got a lot to get to because uh, uh, Stuart and Caitlin from Pura Vida are here, and I'm really excited not only to talk tequila, because I have some really, really good, I think, tequila questions that I've been wanting to get you back on the show to ask you, uh, things that we'd love to get some you know, informed answers to. But also, you guys are going to tell us uh, something that has, at least up until now, been a bit of a secret. So we're uh, really excited about what is next for your company and what you're going to lay on us today. So, yes. And in the, uh, in the uh, typical words of the game show host, we'll do that when we come back from this message. You're listening to Smoking and Toast. And thank you guys for uh, enjoying show number 110 with us. We'll be right back. You guys are doing great. Just keep it up, okay? Yeah. Just like you're doing. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, uh, show number 110. We are uh, thrilled to have Stuart and Caitlin Skloss in the studio from Pura Vida Tequila. And we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And uh, thanks to B&B, by the way, uh, for being our host location for the first Smoking and Toasting event. It was uh, two weeks ago now, and I'm still kind of reeling. The first annual. from Yes. Well, it, it may even be, what do you call it? If biannual? It, is it biannual if you do it twice a year? Mm-hmm. I think after that you or just call it semi-annual. Well, well, I don't know. It depends. Some people, we, we go through that a lot on reports. Yeah. Some people say biannual is every two years. Every two some years, people yeah. say it's twice a year. That's why I was asking, because well, I, yeah. I wasn't sure about that. There's so, a French oh, way. Yeah, I didn't America. think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, so, well, <laughs> uh, if it's, in, in any case, we are uh, we're definitely planning to do it again next year, and maybe more than once. And the Whiskey Sniff was our first event and came off as a huge success. So big, if, big thanks to If we uh, decide there. to do it more than once a year, we'll just call it over-annual. Over-annual. I like that. That works for me. Uh, if you missed the Whiskey Sniff, it was, uh, it was a fairly simple concept. You walk in, you got a goodie bag, which had some cigars in it. Uh, and then Ian sort of went through the the sort of instructions of how to perform the whiskey sniff, which is that you light your cigar, you smoke the first, you know, half inch or so of it, enough to get it on your palate, and then you go to the bottles of whiskey, and you actually sniff the top of the bottles, and we had some other spirits there as well, to see which one feels like it might pair the best with your cigar. And then that's what you ask for. It's, It's hard to go wrong like that, because if you have the flavor of your cigar in your palate, your nose is going to tell you what's going to go with it. And I will I say... Mean, you do that all the time with food anyway. Once I lit my cigar, I, I discovered lots of whiskeys that I thought would like pair well with it. Like, you just use your nose. Like, like, like <laughs> Malort and mayonnaise. You'd never think it. Yeah. No, you never okay, would. That's a joke. Don't I, ever do that. You would that's... hope not to think it. So. <laughs> 
so uh, so anyway, we will be doing this again, and we'll let you know it's it's going to be uh, even bigger and better uh, next time. So we're we're really excited about it. So Stuart and Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I wanted to ask you, Stuart, how long has it been? When did you actually launch Pura Vida Tequila? Uh, incorporated in 2009, but we didn't launch until 2011. So we got this seven is, years on the shelf. I was going to say it's a it's still a relatively young by you know beverage industry standards. I guess still a relatively young product, and uh, yet you've expanded. How many states are you available? We're in, in forty eight states now in uh, three wow. countries. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. So U.S., Mexico, and Japan. And Japan nice. yeah. is there a market for tequila in Japan? There is. D- the Japanese love brands and they love yeah. anything Americana. Mm-hmm. Although uh, you know, although we are in the Americas, but we're still in Mexico. Right, right. Um, they they love tequila now. They're really they're into their whiskeys and their tequila. That is so interesting. They yeah, make I, great I whiskey too. Whiskeys yes, are big, and of course, they're also into the you know the sort of the white spirits, the soju, and and that type of stuff is is really big there. But uh, but I didn't I didn't know about tequila. That doesn't necessarily surprise me. But uh, but it's uh, but it, but it's still a cool thing. Now. Um, Explain. I don't even remember if we talked to you about this the last time you were here, but one of the things that's really interesting and unique about uh, Pura Vida, in addition to how amazing the tequila is, is that you've been able to go out and get a number of musicians and recording artists and even, I think, some Hollywood types uh, involved in being a part of, and when I say involved, that it's not just like you went out and bought spokespeople. These people like invested in the company, right? We did. We did. It's it's amazing what a bottle of tequila will do. So. <laughs> yes. I, by the way, I've said that since I was in college. You know, right. so. uh, yeah, we've got uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, he was actually our first investor. Mm-hmm. He's a good friend. He actually married Caitlin and I a little over a year ago. No kidding. So yeah. how did that go? Like, was there any, did anything unusual happen in the ceremony? Not unusual. It was just amazing, and our guests were so thrilled to, you know, experience that. The Reverend Billy Gibbons. I love it. I love it. Uh, So, so he's involved, and then uh, yes, and then we've got Charlie Sexton. I don't know if you remember Charlie from mm -hmm. the Archangels. Yes, and uh, and I'll just say, by the way, I saw uh, about a month or so ago. I saw the Blaze Foley movie. I don't know if you uh, oh, yeah. have seen that. No, I hadn't but watched that. But Charlie is in the movie. He plays Towns Van Zant yeah. in the movie. And as far Charlie as I'm concerned, Charlie and Ethan Hawke are great friends. Yes. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Charlie Sexton steals the movie. He, every scene he is in, he's just and and I had no idea that he was that good as an as an actor. I've loved him as a musician for a long time, but but he, he's terrific in that. So so Charlie's involved, and then from up Boston way, yeah, Sully Erna from Godsmack, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's very cool. That's very cool. So how how did you get these? I mean, did you just like offer them some tequila, and they were like, "Geez, I got to be a part of that." What what happened? <laughs> well, what happened with Billy is I said, "Listen, Billy, I'm going to start a tequila company. I would love for you to be involved." And he said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> he said, I turned my back on tequila when I was 21 because it turned its back on me. <laughs> and uh, So I said, trust me, this is going to be some good stuff. I'm really going to go down and, and bring the tequila that we used to have in Mexico, not the stuff so much that you bought in the United States, but the classic stuff, uh, bring it up here and, and introduce it to the U.S. public. And he said, listen, if you make a tequila and I try it and I like it, count me in. So uh, we met here in Houston in a restaurant, uh, Del Frisco's Steakhouse. Del Frisco's. He loves those salads there. <laughs> and uh, so we met there, and well, I called him, and I said, listen, 
I've, I've made it. We got the tequila. He said, what are you talking about? I said, remember you told me if I made it? He said, yes. And I said, well, let's do it over lunch. And so we sat down and he took a sip and he, uh, the aroma, he just absolutely loved the aroma. And he said, count me in. How, how, how. So. <laughs> now, was that the silver that you That was the Blanco. That, that, that was the Blanco, Blanco. yeah. So, so you got to start with the Blanco. Yeah, so so that's the that's even the first step. And they just get better uh, as they step up from that. Well, they, yeah. they, and all they, your they tequilas do. start from the same distillate, they right? Do. They all start from the Blanco. All start with the right, Blanco. So that's your original distillate. And so often, people mistakenly think that the more expensive it is, the better it is. I can tell you out there right now, folks, you guys are buying $40, $50, $60 tequila. That's $3, 4 $5 tequila in a marketing package you know often. Uh-huh. so this so, is a tequila guy telling you this yeah. so and you know yeah. we we actually there's out of the 1600 brands that are available now there might be maybe 50 distilleries that are making all those and we actually um we have uh, finally found our home to buy into we're the highest distillery in the world by elevation we're in mazamitla mexico um at a little over eight thousand feet and so it is the cleanest purest air you could ever imagine and i could go on for hours about it so how does the air affect the uh, tequila? Well, a lot of times when you're making, the, when you're fermenting and distilling, these are in open air um, buildings. Mm-hmm. And so ours is actually when we're doing our fermentation, that's enclosed air and the distillation. Um, but we do have the windows open and having that clean, crisp mountain air really adds to it. And our, also our distillery is right next to our agave field. So our agave are the highest agave in the world by elevation as well. Because when you get down into some of the areas where there may be more pollutants and a lot more traffic and things mm-hmm. like that, you'll see the, the beautiful Blue Weber agave is more like a, uh, as you say, chocolate. <laughs> so Ian, so yeah. the the fact that the air is clean then really contributes to maybe the purity of the plants, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And we're really one of the only tequilas that actually uses rainwater. Um, we went to, we asked 100 bartenders, what's your favorite water? What's your least favorite water? Fiji water was the one that everybody really, I like they Fiji knew the water. most. Yeah. yeah, I like Fiji water. And so we went to Seaman and said, how do we get this in Mexico? And they said the problem with some of the smaller rural areas, they don't have modern uh, water facilities water plants the filtration the filtration yeah Yeah, it can be very very expensive so what we decided to do was get rainwater so we're the first commercial pull of the rainwater out of the mountains of mazamitla then we use a five-stage water purification process on that so our ppms our parts per million of pollutants it's the cleanest water you will ever have and it's uh, almost like a coors commercial you know coming down Yeah, uh, but I've noticed your Pura Vida bottles, despite whatever the temperature may be, they stay the same color. They do. They do. So, so there's, there's no there's, uh, there's no uh, darkening of the mountains. Or <laughs> no, no, the, no not, it's not a mood ring. Yeah, okay. okay good, <laughs> Cold good activated tequila bottle. Right. Yeah. Now we were talking They're about, very distinctive bottles, too, so we're, by the we're, way. Yes, and they're, they're beautiful bottles, actually. And they're not, uh, how can I say this? They're not gimmicky bottles. No. You know, there, no. there are some uh, tequilas that you'll find in, in different, uh, and some tequilas that I actually really like the spirit inside but you'll find like the them ones in, that come in the gun shape yeah and I, oh yeah yeah, yeah. There's, those there's, are the el chapo tequila. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a gun there's the state of texas there's the all skeletons right. there's all kinds of different things but this is just a, a sort of a distinctive classic uh, um really it's almost shaped. looks like a mexican it looks like uh, an up down blue. upside yeah. down light bulb 
Yes. Yeah. But yes. What, it, what the reason that is, is that bottom piece, that's what a blue agave looks like yeah. underground. It's a pina, just okay. like a pineapple, folks. Okay. So imagine a pineapple underground. So you think that's a cactus. It's really not a cactus. It's a flower, but it's not a flower you'd want to touch for softness because it is, it's got its little prickly points. But this is what it looks like. And the reason we did the neck at the top mm-hmm. was so that a man or a woman bartender could grab it and wouldn't fall out of their hands and we we made this for bartenders because that's your sales force especially as a small craft brand Mm -hmm. you've got to make sure that the people that are serving it aren't going to have a hard time with that bottle Stuart, do you sell more tequila that is poured in a restaurant or a bar or do you sell more tequila that is bought in bottles at uh, at retail we're actually higher now in the on-premise when i first sat down john paul DeJoria was an investor of mine in another business, and JP and I sat down and he said, Stuart, you've got to build your brand in the on-premise. And Tito, Tito Beverage, is a great friend of mine too, mm-hmm. since I was 15. He's, he had, he's had a success or two. Yes, he has. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's incredible. So they said, you're building the brand, if you can do it in the on-premise, um, you, the off-premise, for every bottle we sell off-premise, that's the same as 18 drinks. So it's easier to sell in the off-premise, mm-hmm. but you've got to build that clientele up. So we focus heavy on what's called the on-premise, which means you drink it on-site, restaurants, bars, clubs. And so that's the way we're really building it through menus, through Mexican restaurants, you know, great cocktail lounges. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just fortunate enough that now we've had some national accounts that are only reserved for the big boys. We just got an outback in the entire West Coast. Wow, that's a big uh, deal. Yeah, 107 yeah. locations, I think, honey. Nice. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and so they put our picture of our bottle on the menu and put us in a strawberry fun margarita. And we just got into the Landry's concepts of McCormick and Schmitz. We now have a, mm-hmm. a Serrano chili margarita. And then we also got into um, the Golden Nugget Hotels. So they're mm-hmm. getting ready. that's getting ready to launch here. And uh, Claim Jumpers, and we're in all the salt grasses. And it was a great surprise. We just got into the New York area with um, Dos Caminos. It's a Mexican restaurant chain, wow. very popular there. And so these national accounts are really starting to nice. take a hold. When I walk into a restaurant and I look on the menu and there's a cocktail made with specifically Pura Vida Tequila. You so stole my question. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so does that come from the bartender? Did you go in and and uh, and maybe show them how to craft that? Where, how does that happen? I send my wife in and they immediately sign up. <laughs> so if you could see her. Smart man. <laughs> the smart man. <laughs> if I walk in, they think it's a cross between Shrek and James Gandolfini. And so they're not, you know, with a splash of Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> with a splash. I like it. Uh, no, but is that something that they usually it create in the restaurant? So national accounts are created at central locations. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we can't walk into the McCormick and Schmitz in Des Moines, Iowa. You have to come to Houston, Texas to Tillman Fertitta's Landry's and -hmm. and go and pitch them. And it is such a process. It's not a a buddy-buddy system. It is. We have to go through a group called Patrick Henry here that does a fabulous job of tasting, putting together cocktails, and what type of cocktail they want. Because each menu, they have what are called casual, casual plus, mm-hmm. you know, fine dining. And so those price points, there's, it's a science to it. Now, in the smaller, not the national accounts, often it is the bartenders that come up and create that cocktail. Really? And so you those you got to get those guys on your side. You've yeah. got to get those guys on your side. Because that's important, too, because, you know, how many times – are you sitting at the bar and you're saying to the bartender, let's see, I think I want a tequila, and you're kind of scanning the shelf 
or or whatever beverage, whiskey or or rum or whatever, and that bartender may say, "Have you tried?" Right. So well, that's a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. that makes. I mean, everybody knows Patron, everybody knows Don Julio, mm-hmm. every, you know, and those are the ones that are spending a hundred million dollars in marketing. Well, right. here's the truth we too: when a bartender a knows he makes a good drink, he wants to show it off. Absolutely, well yeah. said. I mean, they're proud of it. Yeah. And yeah. um, so, an we're, and we're authentic. We're as authentic as it can get. Our price point, we are in, there's four categories in spirits. 15 to below, which is value. Mm-hmm. Premium, which is 15 to 25. Super premium, which is 25 to 40. And 40 and above, which is ultra premium. We wanted to build a ultra premium spirit at a super premium price point. So we only make 35% plus or minus blended average gross profit for now so that we can offer that to everybody so everybody gets a fine, fine quality. Well, it's one of the things that I've always loved about Pura Vida because it feels like when you buy a bottle of this that you are getting a tequila that is on our price to quality index would get a big score Up, because above the five, it, yeah, yeah it, b- because nine and a half, yeah. <laughs> the only thing ever to get a, right a, a ten, by the way, a nine. Uh, a nine. Was a nine? Yeah. yeah. Was it was a black and tan? Uh, uh, or, I'm sorry, a black and mild, black and mild. Uh, a black and mild cigar. And it was because the cost was eighty nine cents, and Ian enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of it. So <laughs> and it tastes like chocolate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, speaking of taste, let's uh, let's do a little tequila tasting here. All right. So what we'll start off with is the Blanco. And mm-hmm. so the thing that's kind of unique about ours is we are triple distilled. But when we first started this, when we first went to a kitchen, per se, this distillery that we first started working with, the old man who ran it, he was 89 years old, and he had these giant old wooden speakers that were hanging just above the fermentation tanks. And he would blast classic music at it. And then he'd turn it off and he'd say, look, the tequila quits dancing. And I didn't have the heart to tell an 89-year-old man that you blast sound waves at microbes. They move when you yeah. don't. You know? <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll bite. So we took that to the next level. We now play mariachi music during uh, the fermentation process. That's awesome. <laughs> and we like to say it puts a little bit of dance in every sip. And we do it in the distillery while that we're distilling and also in the barrel room. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. You know, I, The I, story's great, too. Yeah. Well, I, I did see that Metallica, when they uh, when they uh, aged their whiskey, they apparently blast it with, uh, with a little Metallica music. Mm-hmm. So I I suppose it's not uh, not unheard of to use music in the uh, in the aging process, but uh, but still mariachi music. That's again, you you said authentic. You got to stay as, true to form. That's about yeah. as authentic as it gets. Yes. No, we were only only the three of us do this. My wife's pregnant. We got okay. baby Ella Kalaluka. Well, on the way. Do we yeah. uh, do we know when? We do. First week of April. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's Thank terrific. You. That, is, that is terrific. So so notice this when you when you first put your nose to it. You can smell the agave. So you start getting into, you know, people say quadruple distilled, five times, six times distilled mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. diamonds. All you're doing is making vodka. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So right, you're making times, a spirit that doesn't really have an aroma to it. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So we wanted to make sure that you had the aroma when you smell it. So you always, when you sip tequila, you want to take a sip and then breathe out. You kiss tequila. So, and then breathe out. Now, can right. you taste that tequila? Yes. Now, a lot of times, the retrohale is very important. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you drink tequila, you'll say, oh, it, the taste is beautiful. And then all of a sudden it gets to here, right. and, and you're it like, tastes yeah. like hell. That's because they're using abocantes or an oil, mm-hmm. which is against the law. Um, but some people do it. And so when it's so smooth in your mouth, it's killing your taste buds. And it doesn't, until it gets to your esophagus, you don't notice it. Do they <laughs> do it for the smoothness or is it done to like... They do it for the smoothness. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, this is extremely smooth going down actually all the way down and what i really like about 
this Blanco is. It just. Do you care if I pour another? N- no. <laughs> I, I encourage uh, pouring another. It it tastes like tequila in the very best way. I mean, this tastes like a, a very pristine blue agave flavor, and and I love Thank that. You. you know, I want to point out to to any listeners out there that have had a. A tequila incident. We've all had a tequila incident, okay? <laughs> you know when you smell tequila after your tequila incident, it mm-hmm. just makes you shudder a little bit. This does not smell like that tequila. That's this, a good way to put it, yeah. This smells like very traditional, very pure, and you can taste like the mineral and the water kind of uh, content. It has that aftertaste. It, the you can pepper, almost taste the water coming down from the mountains right. of Mazamitla. The pepper is really nice. The uh, The... There's a little vanilla note in the va- in the back of it. This is this is so smooth, and there's almost no heat to it at all. And I will say this: as wonderful as this is to sip, this is my go-to for margaritas. Yeah, I'm um, out of it myself. It, it's it's just <laughs> it's just terrific in margaritas, and because it comes in at a very reasonable price point, fantastic. You, you don't feel like you're you know being extravagant no. using this in in margaritas. Our national average on blanco is thirty two ninety nine, and you know this goes into what you're talking about earlier cruise with you know the better it gets with some people like aging some people don't think of your blanco as vodka if you're a vodka drinker you're gonna love blanco and think of that as an appetizer for mm-hmm. margaritas pilo, you know palomas chispas mm-hmm. things like that and then your reposado if you like bourbons if you like you know new age bourbons or american whiskey mm-hmm. you know so that again is good for your entree sipped side by side with a sangrita and then your añejo, which is more expensive because it's been aged longer, that is your dessert. And so, um, and it's it's more like a cognac or a bourbon. And for those times when you really want to celebrate, the extra añejo is great. Unfortunately, in Texas right now, uh, California bought all of our extra añejo. I was just saying, I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> no, they right? keep doing it. And then and, you and know, I, I've, I've, I will admit to being a little disappointed by this yeah. because uh, that's that's a fine fine spirit. I found a full bottle in Miami. Uh, we were doing a ride with with our distributor R and D C there, and and I found one, and I immediately bought it off of the shelf um, at a bar. I said, "Hey," um, and he said, "Hey, I really I'll get in trouble if I give you a discount." I said, "I don't want a discount. Just charge me whatever you would charge anybody else." So, uh, well, uh, but I will say um, I, I can usually find the añejo, and it is. Uh, I it's so smooth. That's that's what I just really uh, love about it. Well, when you start, yes. oh, absolutely. The thing is, when you start with a blanco that's this smooth, like this mm-hmm. is outstandingly smooth. Uh, and and the heat, like I said, I'm amazed by how little heat there is. There's a mm-hmm. nice warmth, but there's almost no yeah. bite. Little, to it at little all. pepper. And but you notice how pepper. you don't have anything in your cheeks. Right, you right. Uh, you don't feel uh, that. Woof, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, and so the what's happening, face. and especially with tequila all your other tequilas are based on this so if you start with an ingredient like this and then you age it you're only adding interest to what's already there if you start mm-hmm. with a bad product the rest of your product's going to be bad right. or you're trying to mask it that's, that's right and, and this right here starts fantastic so it, i mean i mean you'd have to do something horribly wrong i think Ian, to make good, your good point and so the aging we only use single generation jack daniels barrels for anybody out there that loves their favorite Mexican restaurant or their favorite steakhouse or their favorite burger, you go there because of consistency. And you cannot have consistency when so many other tequilas out there are using one minute they're using a Jack Daniels barrel, one minute they're using a bourbon right. bar, uh, Jim Beam, one of you. Know, those are all great spirits, but you don't have that consistency. So for us, single generation once and then we sell the barrels. 
But speaking of Jack Daniels, uh, Ian, you know what an advent calendar is, right? Yes. Yeah. So in, during the holiday season, you uh, give the advent calendar usually to kids. Uh, and and each, you, each day you open a little door in the advent calendar, a little flap. It's usually a chocolate. Yeah. yeah, usually some kind of a gift. Uh, well, Caitlin had one one of those for me last year, so it's not just for kids. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> well, I love them. Jack Daniels is releasing an advent calendar that is decidedly not for kids because it contains a liter and a half of, of whiskey. Oh. I read that. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Now I'm looking forward a to the holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, now I'm looking forward to the holiday season. Okay, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and taste some more uh, tequila. This looks like the Reposado. The Reposado coming next. And we also want to taste the Line and Kugels Oktoberfest. We still haven't gotten to your announcement, which I'm excited about. And I have some uh, very specific tequila questions, too, that I want to get to as well. So you're listening to uh, uh, Talking Tequila with uh, Stuart and Caitlin. And we will be right back. This is Smoking Dustin. Yeah, behind each door on the holiday calendar, uh, one of your favorite Jack Daniels bottles will be hiding. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's That's hilarious. That's great. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Oh, that was an interesting opening sound. You didn't get as much of the of the, the pop that yeah, I wanted. It was it was the pop, but that was interesting. So we were talking in the break about <laughs> about quantities of tequila, and I will say that I have found. Do you guys make a uh, a margarita mix, a pura vida margarita mix? You know, we did. We came out with a pura vida rita and a mm-hmm. pura vida rita light, and it okay. was the first. Well, it wasn't a mix. It was a first carbonated margarita. Oh, really? It was fantastic, but quite frankly, we couldn't afford. You know, to just keep, to keep the initial negative, to get it out yeah. there, it was over a million dollars. Well, yeah. I will say that um, I, I'm generally not a huge fan of the mixes, but uh, my wife and I have found one that we really like, and it's the Nina's Please tell. Natural. Now, Nina's makes Nina's? several. Yeah, they make several different margarita Nina's mixes. Or Ninfas? Nina. Nina's. N-I-N-A apostrophe S. Okay. Nina's. But they make several. Uh, the one that is the clear winner to me is the Nina's Natural. Now, I, I do have to say, though, that, and this is referencing something you mentioned during the break, the one thing you have to do is you have to ignore the instructions. Yeah. The, the instructions tell you to use two parts Nina's and one part tequila. I'm going to tell you that that is backwards. You need to yeah. use two parts tequila. They're trying to sell more Nina's. One, one part <laughs> Nina's, and your margaritas will be perfect. I, I've had so many compliments on these margaritas, making them for people, and I, I, I kind of like avoid the question of, uh, how did you make them? Oh, well, you know, just mixed a few things together, because it's actually so easy to do. You put it in a shaker with ice and shake it up and pour it, and it's very important. You know, lime wedge on the on the glass, and it's 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 easy. But uh, but yeah, two two thirds tequila. Put a Vida Blanco tequila and uh, one third Nina's. You got yourself a winner right nice. there. Got an absolute winner. So Ian has poured. We've been doing uh, Oktoberfest, and I guess by the way, oh, two things, Ian. Uh, next uh, next week will be our final October show. Is that right? Am I think because today is the or do 18th? We, have, do we have two more. So we have. I think we got two more. I got to look at the calendar. So we'll have. 
Uh, no, next week's the 25th, and then after that will be November 1st. So, uh-huh. uh, so Do you this, think that's going to stop me from drinking Oktoberfest beers? No, I don't think so. But as far as featuring it on the show, we've been featuring an Oktoberfest every week since <laughs> July when they started coming out. So this one and one more will be our last Oktoberfest, and then we will shift into uh, Christmas beer uh, mode. Or maybe we'll do a special pumpkinator show just for you. We'll have to bring you by some Mexican eggnog this year. Oh, oh that's fantastic! I'm so down. Yeah, with that's that. a stellar, uh, stellar drink. Yeah. This uh, this particular um, uh, Oktoberfest that we're sampling this week is Leinenkugels, which I learned how to pronounce. Actually, was the second or third episode of the show. We had a Leinenkugels beer on, and I actually probably the summer shandy. I actually called the brewery to ask how you pronounced it because I didn't <laughs> want to get it wrong because it could be a lot of different ways to say it. But the the very nice lady who answered the phone informed me it was Leinenkugels. So uh, this is their Oktoberfest. It's a Marsen style lager, and uh, Ian, I assume you've done your research. I have done research. Okay, and what um, did that lead you to? It's uh, more interesting than most Miller products. <laughs> it's a Miller product. It is. Yeah, Miller did buy Leinenkugels uh, sometime back. Yep. Um, but you know, I gotta tell you on the nose, right off the bat, it smells like there's maybe there's a little skunkiness to it, or maybe preservative or something. I don't know what I'm smelling there. It may have not, come out in July, so you know, it's it's not pleasing. Um, the taste is is okay, but there's yeah, I like the taste. There's really nothing to it. This this to me is like like Oktoberfest light. It does actually remind me, and I'm sure there's no correlation other than the ownership, but it does remind me actually a little bit of a Miller Light with just a little bit I of... I was just getting ready to say Miller High Life? Yeah, uh, with just a little bit of maybe Oktoberfest flavor. This is like if you it. took an Oktoberfest and took most of the character out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not... It's th- not. Gonna, it's not undrinkable. It's not going to score. But it's not really interesting. It's not going to score up there with obviously the St. Arnold, which we love, and the Bells, which we were uh, a big fan of uh, so far. Yeah, this year. Just, there's a little skunkiness to it that I'm just not jiving with at all. It's, Very it's not good to me. Well, Ian, I'm a little bit older than you, and I come from a time when we had nickel beers, so <laughs> I could see myself drinking a pitcher of this back in college. But, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll be the first to tell you that but, uh, one of my favorite bowling so alleys. Light. That's closed now, by the way. Uh, unfortunately, closed last year. But me and my wife used to go to this bowling alley, and uh, and they offered six dollar pitchers, which is not nickel Fantastic. beers, but six dollar pitchers of uh, uh, what's the Ziegenbach. Ziegenbach. Wow, that was Ziegenbach cheap. is that's not a great cool. beer. Yeah, for six dollars for, for a pitcher, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not I'm not trying to be you know totally snooty about it. Yeah. You know? yeah like there's no. a there's a price point. Hey, you were the man who smoked the uh, the black and mild. So you're you're not a, you're not a <laughs> snob by any means. But yeah. this this to me, I, I I don't know. Maybe if maybe it needs to be fresher. It, d- it doesn't smell fresh to me at all. Like that mm-hmm. smell is driving me nuts a little bit. It tastes a little skunky to me. Um, and I don't know if maybe that particular six pack was mistreated. I'm looking at you, Cruz, uh, or um, or uh, what? But I don't know how to read the uh, the coding on the beers when they don't actually. And then have on them top of that, it's it's, there's, it's just not a lot of like that's Oktoberfest. That's like Fisher Price, my first Oktoberfest. Okay, right there, there you know? that's a good way to like, say. That's it. about as much flavor as it that's has. That's a good way to say it. Well, uh, I will say, uh, yeah, I would I would not. I would put it in the bottom third of the Oktoberfest that we that we've tried, which doesn't mean it's not drinkable. Like I could, as Stuart was saying, I could take a few of these down, especially on Nickel Beer Night. But, it's uh, slight, but I, I don't have the palate that Ian's got. Such a great palate of he's tried so many fantastic beers with flavor profiles mm. that are just unbelievable. And for me and uh, my wife and I were talking about this here. I just can't drink more than two beers. You know, this is this just like a light beer. 
Yeah. Yeah. It very much just tastes yeah. like a light beer. Well, yeah. Ian, you are going to be in luck because uh, later on in the show, uh, I have brought for you, with you in mind, I should say, <laughs> New Holland Brewing's uh, Dragon Milk Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. I love that beer. I have your attention now, do I not? <laughs> I love that beer. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Want to do a little I think more that's tequila? New though, isn't it? What's that? Is it New Holland? I guess it is. Yeah, right. it's New Holland. Yeah, in New Holland. Uh, Stewart's actually already uh, poured us some of the Reposado. Uh, what's the difference in aging now with the Reposado? Well, most people do Reposado three months plus. Ours are six to eight months in single generation Jack Daniels barrel. So, what made you decide to age them longer? Other than obviously getting a little more flavor. A but lot of you know the good advantage that we have as a craft as a small batch brand is that we don't have a public that we had to um, that we had to make happy financially with turning out as much as possible. Right. So we were able it, it to wasn't play about with quantity the, from the it's beginning. It's all yeah. about quality to us. And you know, my wife is Caitlin is sitting right next to me. She is the one that actually picked out our añejo. And she really, the, on the Reposado, she's had a lot of influence on how long we keep things in the barrel. And um, because we have to appeal both to the male and the female right. side of things. It, so it, it she's 100% yeah. responsible on the Añejo side. <laughs> it, well, it is really important because um, I think the, the largest, if I understand the statistics correctly, uh, the largest uh, gender in terms of... Uh, Spirit consumption is male, but the fastest growing is female. Is that well, not consistent with what you've you're seen? You're exactly right. And but the largest consumer is female because the women so often are the ones that are buying the liquor these days. So they're going to the, the store, store. And buying it up. And yeah, again, remember gotcha. my eighteen to one on a seven fifty mm-hmm. milliliter. That's eighteen drinks in an ounce and a half per bottle. So plus that's where the numbers. Plus, come. if you're the guy at the bar who's trying to buy a nice looking woman a drink, she's going to be choosing the drink, right? So there well, you go. It, it's all about personality. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not all about looks. It's funny you say that because there's times where uh, my wife goes, you know, I want to stop by Specs or whatever. Do you want anything? I'm like, pick me out something fun. Yes, you I know? say the same thing to my wife. And <laughs> hey, you that's know okay. Yeah. yeah. And she, my wife, my wife is so awesome. She comes home the other day, and she, I didn't even, I didn't even mention anything to her. She comes home with another four pack of. Lone Pint Yellow Rose IPA. I'm like, you know, there are many reasons I fell for you, but here's more, here's more proof right here. Uh, she just she just knows how to like f- like fill that fill that void. It's amazing. I have to uh, tell you, this is outstanding. Thank you, Reposado. So this yes. is not chocolatey. <laughs> it is, however, uh, peppery in a great way, um, and uh, and the vanilla, I guess, from the from the wood barrels. Comes out really a lot. Almost a little, little uh, buttery finish to the end of this. It's, too. it's like you took the sort of purity of uh, the blanco, and now just added in. And obviously, it comes from the aging and from yeah, the absolutely. barrels. And you put it in wood. Added in these, added in these flavors that that give it more of a. Um, um, I, I don't like the word maple for this, but it's just got. It's just well, got some of that oak, you know, good oaky kind of yeah. 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 You just pointed something out with the maple. These are single generation Jack Daniels barrels, and we fire them once when they come in, and then we scrape them again. So you are tasting a little bit of that sweet, that maple, yeah. that Jack mm-hmm. Daniels flavor, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's fantastic. It, and and this si- sips side by side with the Sangrita. Mm-hmm. We have El Wapo, which means the handsome one, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a great sangrita, and, and in Mexico, so many places you can find a fantastic sangrita. You brought Actually, that in last yeah, time I you did. were here, and I decided I needed to buy some and make a pizza sauce out of it because yeah. it was <laughs> so was good. It? I hadn't tried that, <laughs> okay, actually. Okay. I, you just reminded me of that. I need to We make have that a lady happen. in San Antonio who has a barbecue restaurant that uses our sangritas, our uh, barbecue sauce. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Well, I had never had tequila with a, a side of uh, sangrita until I met you, actually. Yep. And uh, I will tell you, it's, it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. That the way those two flavors combine once you've taken a sip of the tequila and then you take a sip of that sangrita, it's 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 a really it's quite an experience. It's and dangerous. Too. If you're if you if you're like somebody who has only done tequila with the salt and the lime and the shooter, mm-hmm. like you got to you got to try this because this is such a next step in your tequila uh, I don't think education. we've ever harmed a salt or a lime on this show. We have not. You don't want to. We have not. It's it's, it's kind of a cardinal rule. If you It's kind of like putting a bumper sticker on a Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if you need salt and lime for the tequila, you don't need to drink that tequila. Yeah, that's well, the way, that's the way that. If you're going to do a shot, don't do a shot of the Blanco unless it's chilled. Right. Um, and if you're if you're actually gonna do a shot, you know the shot was invented by Hollywood. Cowboy walks the bar. Give me a shot yeah, of whiskey. Give me a shot of tequila. Throws it down. Yeah. You're never supposed to shoot it, but if you want to, it's like those guys that drink the the spirit out of the bottle. Absolutely, in the movies. Right. nobody does. Are that. you talking yeah. about me? <laughs> well, maybe not. Spring nobody. Break '83, '84. <laughs> but you know, have an orange slice and mm-hmm. don't bite into the whole orange slice. Just gently bite after mm-hmm. you take the shot, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. And even sipping the blanco de reposado that way, if you don't want it over over the, on rocks. Just get an or- ask the bartender for an orange slice. Take a sip, gently bite into it. Are, are you still making the orange liquor? We are. So we actually sold fifty-one percent to a great friend of ours, Eric Dopkins, who owned Deep Eddie Vodka. Mm-hmm. Sold it for four hundred million. And um, right, we were working on a partial sale on of Pura Vida in the orange liqueur, and just couldn't come to terms. He's as tough as it is on, <laughs> on, on negotiations. So we decided to partner up on Naranja Orange Liqueur. The Naranja is great. In fact, that's a go-to. I'm out of that, too. That's a go-to right. in my bar, and that was the one thing that Hint, I didn't hints. mention when I was uh, when I was talking about making the uh, margaritas with the Nima's mix, now, is that I still put in uh, did you say a splash liqueur? of the Naranja. It is. Because it it's a so, full 40%, though, wasn't it? Absolutely. 80 proof. Yeah, it's full so 80 proof. So it is. The problem with... with uh, um, well, not the problem. Like the when I think of liqueur, I think in the in the twenty nine to yeah, you know, no, thirty five percent range. So when you have it, the original margarita was invented in nineteen forty one, a mm-hmm. place called Husongs in Ensenada, Mexico, using shaved ice, fresh lime, tequila, and Controy, C O N T R O Y, not the French orange liqueur. We bought Controy. We brought it here to the United States. We got sued by Remy Martin, who owned um, Controy. Who owns, the, yeah, 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 Cointreau. Right, Cointreau. Yes, Cointreau. And uh, we got sued. We wound up settling the lawsuit. Everybody's friends now. And we changed the name to Naranja, which means orange in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so we sold a majority share to Eric Dopkins at Milestone Brands. They also own Dulce Vita Tequila. We're all great friends. Mm. And he, because he can take it to that next level. I mean, mm-hmm. he took Deep Eddie from 50,000 cases to 800,000 cases. It's a great, it's a great company. Yeah. The Deep Eddie managed to make flavored vodkas good. Well, that's what he's you doing know? with tequila now. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's yeah. Interesting. I, I was amazed by the uh, orange. Like my wife loves to mix drinks. She loves it. Uh, you know, whenever we come home with something new, she's like, "Let me try this. Let me try this." And that orange, I had to warn her. I said, "That is you a full put, shot." Put You're it in the in freezer or put it in the refrigerator. In the free, really? Because if for people that want to do the Mexican thing and don't like tequila, one shot of that is the exact same proof as tequila, and we call it orange crush. 
Orange crush. Yeah, an orange well, crush. Well, I will tell you that, uh, again, uh, talking margaritas here, if you are buying like an inexpensive triple sec to make your margaritas with, I encourage you wildly because Naranja's not expensive. What is that no, bottle retail not. for? $19.99 on a blended average. Yeah. And, you know, Cointreau is twice as expensive and Grand Marnier is three times as expensive. Right. And, it, you know, that bottle of uh, uh, Naranja, it's going it's, it's to last. Yeah. Because you're, you're not using, using a full right, shot a lot yeah, of times either. You're well, speak for yourself. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Two parts orange liqueur. <laughs> no, but but what I what I love about it is the uh, the richness that it brings yeah. to the margarita. It's it's kind of like you know when you go to a I don't know like a Papacitos or a place like that and you you spring for the the uh, margarita that's got a little bit Cadillac more than just the right, right exactly yeah and you go like, okay now we're talking mm-hmm. that's that's what that'll do for well, you. Yeah, what does your wife think about it when she? Strikes. We don't have any more at the house. Oh, so is that a hint? <laughs> <laughs> Summer's coming. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> Santa's coming early. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah, we went through that pretty quick. By the way, so much more to talk about. We have not gotten to your uh, to your special announcement, so I promise that'll be the first thing we talk about in the in the next segment because I actually already kind of know what it is and I'm really excited. So let's uh, let's take a quick break and we will get to that. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. It is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And we're brought to you by our good friends and confidants at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth and one word to say about B&B and that would be bacon thank you we'll delicious be right we'll be right back it's uh, smoking and toasting were you able to say anything to B&B I am actually meeting with she was a real liquor snob and, and my problem <laughs> Ah, welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Justin. Show number 110. We're talking tequila and fill in the blank. We're about to fill that blank in here in a moment uh, with uh, Stuart and Caitlin Sklaas. Uh, we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just basking in the reposado. It's interesting, uh, Stuart, because... I've I've been drinking a Pura Vida tequila really since you and I met uh, a number of years ago, um, but I generally will either drink uh, the Blanco or I'll go to the Añejo, which I love to sip neat and and enjoy with a cigar. Um, so I haven't really spent as much time with the Reposado, and that's just so good. It's I mean, great. It's, it's such a wonderful. What is the difference in in price between the Blanco and the Reposado? Two bucks, three dollars. Yeah, so that's you, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so you're talking about a real. I mean, again, not to throw any shade on the Blanco because it's such a good pure agave uh, flavor. But to go a couple of bucks more and pick up that much more extra refinement to the tequila, that's amazing. I mean, most spirits, that would be another 10 to $50 jump, you know? <laughs> Repeat that again. I, I said, <laughs> most spirits, that would be another 10 well, to $50 tell you too, jump. Like the, 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 the flavor difference, this is, this is like a more interesting version of the, the Blanco, uh, and both of them would just make outstanding mixed drinks because mm-hmm. the flavor profiles on them are very – like, not if you're necessarily making, you know – really sticky mixes or anything like that but if you're making a, a margarita out of fresh squeezed lime, yes, those yes. kind of things this is the kind of flavor the profile that's going to punch through and make that an outstanding drink versus you know the oh, women like drink. on their margaritas like the reposado the most because really? of that flavor it's like a bourbon it's 
Almost like a bourbon margarita. Right, it's got just that little bit of extra yeah, bit of flavor. Extra sweet. There's a little, yeah. you, know, you know what I find interesting, too, is after having had and then having a slight refill as well, is there's you can taste a little of that char, too. I wasn't picking that up at first because the pepper was present, but after I've had a few uh, a few drinks of this, that char comes through in such a nice, gentle way. Too. Ian just called his slight refill. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's pouring a 16-ounce cup. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't uh, either wasn't, I have either I have huge hands or that's right. not a 16-ounce cup. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that a Hendrix song, Voodoo Child, Slight Refill? Was right, that, slight Refill, was right. that, uh, was that some, did I Am I remembering that incorrectly? <laughs> All right. So, uh, Stuart, I'm going to uh, uh, pour us uh, the next beer that we're tasting, which is uh, from Cigar City Brewing, which is in Florida. This is their Maduro Brown Ale, and Ian has already mentioned that... Uh, He's uh, he's experienced. Where did you find that? Uh, this would have been at a little place called Specs, uh, Midtown. Uh, I have been Houston. looking for it. Mm-hmm. And look, it must have just come in. It's named after the dark cigar wrapper, of course. Maduro Brown Ale uh, boasts notes of semi-sweet chocolate. Here we go again, Ian, for you. Uh, toffee and uh, hints of fresh coffee. It's complex and full-bodied. And uh, I'm going to open this and pour it. But, Stuart, I really want to get to your... Uh, uh, can we call it an announcement, or is that too grand? That's a little bit too grand. Okay. Not, yeah, my, I'm not LeBron. No build, okay. no build up or anything. <laughs> Stewart's, Stewart's taking his talents to uh, someplace else. Uh, <laughs> no, what's going on? You, you guys, first of all, every time I see you, you've got something new going on. Well, we're trying to. You're yeah. always trying to evolve. Yeah. And so we, you know, staying traditional but evolving and and uh, testing all sorts of great stuff. And so with our new. Um, venture, we're going to be able to, to uh, take things even to the to the next level because we're going to have a facility to do it here in the United States. Okay, and that venture would be that uh, venture would be Lukenbach Road Whiskey Distillery. Oh, my there gosh. we go. Oh my gosh! They're and also, yes, for sure. <laughs> You know, I would just like to mention, Stuart, we spare no expense on the sound effects. No, not try this at home. That is incredible. You better get a whoopee cushion. So let me get this straight. Lukenbach Road Whiskey Whiskey Distillery. Distillery. Okay. So is is this going to be built in Texas? We are. So uh, this has been a three-year process. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it is going to be built uh, at the corner of Lukenbach Road and Highway 290. Um, in between Fredericksburg and Johnson City. I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a 33,000-square-foot facility. Part of the Texas and, Hill Country. Well, you know? and we, we went to the oldest whiskey architect in the country, Joseph & Joseph, out of Kentucky. We selected them, and they have designed a state-of-the-art facility that is just fantastic with a visitor center. Caitlin's got a country store for all sorts of great stuff. She's also got a food court that she's designed out there where she's going to have uh, food trucks that are stationary food trucks. But, honey, you want to tell them about your the food trucks with your ice cream and the, and the, co- and the coffee? And <laughs> sure. So we're going to have the food trucks out there that um, the visitors but also people that are in town can go to every day. And we'll have coffee. We'll have one with like pastries and another one will have texas barbecue we'll have one that has ice cream because i love homemade ice cream i'm like an ice cream tester are these going to be independently owned uh food trucks or are you gonna uh, basically have this and then we're gonna lease them out to people mm-hmm. who oh, want to great. so that okay, way gotcha. we'll, we'll maintain everything and and one of the things caitlin she, in high school and in college she got to work at a place called kimball's which was her Favorite place at right just outside of Concord, Massachusetts. So and, I was uh, a skipper. 
Ah, yeah, nice. she was a scooper. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, I know. I know. Uh, she lived with the fresh ice cream, so we're going to have fresh peach yeah. and all that type. Of stuff. I know all about that. I lived in Boston for seven years, ah. so, uh, so yeah. So I've got, I've got, uh, I've got some firsthand knowledge. Actually, that's 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 those areas where you can actually go outside and eat ice cream because Absolutely. you can't do that here. Yeah. No, no, not so much. <laughs> like, not so much. Because you, you walk outside with ice cream here, it just turns into a. In fairness, a you can go outside and eat ice cream maybe five six months a year. The other months you don't want to eat ice cream outside because you'll freeze your ass off. <laughs> well, we've the, one of the other things we're going to have out there is Billy Gibbons, who's one of our partners in mm-hmm. Pura Vida, has decided that he wants to do a recording studio. He said that all oh, his nice. friends, from Keith Richards to Garth Brooks to uh, you know Kanye West, uh, I mean just kind of the whole mix to you know to, to Garth Brooks. I think I said Garth Brooks, but um, a little bit of everything. That those people get tired of recording in places like new york and yeah LA. and the same kind of same old place right yeah, yeah. there's going to be six luxury cabins out there and so it's going to be fantastic be a little bit of a getaway and record it which is. is maybe a better artistic environment you know it is it is and it's going to allow us to build a dream sales team to compete with the big people that will be able to split the cost between the two brands so Puerto Vita's never been able to afford a brand um, ambassador in each of the top 25 MSAs and so now when you're splitting those costs it's fantastic for both and it's going to allow us to do things that we've never been able to do and to have visitors come from all over that come out to the Texas Hill Country and see a fantastic distillery. That's awesome. I just want to mention by the way when I met Billy Gibbons he handed me his business card you know what it said on it? <laughs> it said Billy Gibbons friend of Clapton. <laughs> That's what it actually that said on his business card. I yeah, love telling that story. Actually, so uh, I, I've met him a few times over the years. He's always such a nice guy. But I did sell him an amplifier once, and that oh, yeah? was entertaining. Ah, I bet it was. I bet it was. Uh, so, Stuart, tell us uh, what we can expect from uh, this this whiskey. What? Well, let what? me t- let me tell you a, little, a couple things. So, um, we have partnered mm-hmm. with Texas A and M University and their crop sciences and uh, their division. A guy named Seth Murray, who's the head of that group, it's their soils and crop sciences, and we are developing a blue corn, a purple corn, a red corn, a yellow corn, a white corn, and an Indian corn. And will all of these be used? They will the be used. Distillate? I can't tell you what we're using the Indian corn yet because uh, um, we just we're not quite there yet. But we'll have some exciting news here, hopefully in about a year. But the blue corn, the yellow, the white, the red, and uh, the purple are all going to be used for different profiles. We've got mm. Lukenbach Road whiskey. Um, it's really an inspired by the first batch of uh, the Lukenbach Road Whiskey Distillery's founders that were my great-great-grandfather, Herman Ox, and his father, uh, Heinrich Ox. And that's going to be our, our base batch. And then we're going to also have uh, Lukenbach Road Whiskey Rye, which will be rye-centric. And then we'll have Lukenbach Road Single Barrel, which will be more wheat-centric. And we're also doing Ox Family Special Select, Ox 3-year-aged, Ox 5-year-aged. And then we talked about flavor profiles. Some people frown upon flavor profiles, but a lot of the craft mixologists love experimenting with flavor profiles. So we're going all natural in all this. Um, we've come up with an American apple instead of mm. just apple that'll be really, really neat. A cinnamon, but used with 100% corn whiskey and a natural cinnamon that's a little spicy. We're also doing a honey, and the honey will come from South Texas, from a place just outside. I'm interested in what you're saying about the cinnamon, because cinnamon, like, as we know it, if you're going to put it in a drink, cinnamon is always sickly sweet. Mm-hmm. And cinnamon is actually a hot spice. 
It's very, right. very hot spice, which I guess is why we always put so much sugar with it all the time. Right, 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 right. exactly. And, uh, and it'd be interesting to see if you have one that has a cinnamon flavor without being overly sweet, how interesting it's going to be. It's going to be more spicy than sweet. That'd be great. Yeah, so yeah, we're pretty like excited. It. We've been experimenting a lot with this, and then we also have a smoked maple. So when you all were talking about maple, that we thought fits that was the whiskey really profile really cool. nicely. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, which we think will be fun making kind of almost like a bloody Maria, bloody Mary, mm-hmm. but take with the whiskeys and this maple with the bacon and and the celery. We had on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. We had a bloody Mary that was a smoked bloody Mary mm-hmm. mix that was really interesting. I think it, it smoked mm-hmm. like barbecue sauce. Right. Smoking it made Mary. it really yep. interesting. Yeah, made a really interesting thing and. I, Who'd have thunk it, you know? Right. No, but it was. Who would have thunk there would have been a show called Smoking and Toasting? <laughs> <laughs> you are 100% right. Ah, uh, there you go. Like That's I a said, beautiful I can. have a story only about the, that. Only the more, uh, uh, only the more expensive uh, uh, and exquisite sound effects here on the show. We try to be authentic. What's your story, uh, Ian? So, when I was in uh, Ybor City um, last, earlier this year, um, I was wandering around and my friend was. He lives in St. Petersburg, and he was supposed Russia to fly in. No. <laughs> right next, no, in Florida. And he was supposed to fly into uh, Tampa and pick us up, and then we were headed out to St. Petersburg and hang out with him for a while. Well, his flight was a few hours late, and so me and my wife were wandering around Ybor City. Worst thing ever, of course, right now. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, come on. So uh, we're, wandering down, uh, we're wandering down the road, and we see a, a, a sign that says... Live jazz, cigars, craft beer, and just pointed up the stairs. And I went, well, we know where we're going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in the tractor beam at this point. So I ended up going up the stairs, and uh, th- it was this great little uh, great little bar that was just opening up. They had a, a jazz duo there playing. They had a humidor in the bar. So I went and selected a cigar, and I was looking at their drinks. It was the first time I saw that. Which is the Maduro Brown Ale. I was just showing this to the camera. Maduro Brown Ale. A minute ago. It's from Cigar City Brewing, which is uh, out of Florida. And we have tried on the show the Highlight, which is their IPA. I'm a fan of that one. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good idea. It's a great beer. And this right here, I said, you know what? I'll have one of those. They had it on tap. No, they had it in cans, and they were pouring because they they hadn't had their tap set up Mm -hmm. yet. That's right. Sorry, I had to think about it. It's very new. And uh, this and my cigar, that's what I had for the rest of the evening. And then for the rest of my time while I was in Florida, I tried to drink that brewery out of that beer. Oh, wow. Because that is, is outstanding. I have a feeling that your favorite word from your cigar review is going to come back up again here. Yeah, it's chocolatey. It's chocolatey. <laughs> <laughs> this actually, not, it's funny you say that because this actually tastes a lot like that cigar. Yeah, it has well, a lot of that same chocolate and coffee. Well, interestingly enough, going on. it's named after a cigar. Not only is the, the brewery named after a cigar, but this is Maduro, which is named after a whole right. wrapper. And, uh, and the mouthfeel on this is, I, I was surprised that it's called a brown ale. The mouthfeel on this mm-hmm. is way more porter style. You're right, it is. Um, it's also not really heavily uh, carbonated as well. So so this is really in my wheelhouse of a great drinkable beer. Now, Stuart, I know you're a fan of the lighter beers. How does this strike you? It's good, you know. And, and I, uh, like I said, the last time I was on the show, we had a fabulous IPA. Can't mm-hmm. remember the name mm-hmm. of it. And we'll it was, look that up for you. Yeah, it was fantastic. This is a darker beer, and I usually don't like darker beers, but it's really nice. Yeah, it's a, it yeah. brings out tons of vanilla in your um, 
in your reposado, by the way. Yeah, that's what I just did. I just had. Mm-hmm. A I saw you doing that. I thought I wanted that. to try that too. It brings out all that vanilla. That's dangerous. And, and brings back some of that mineral flavor in the water too. You know, it's really interesting. One of the things that I would never have really thought as much about until we started doing this show is how certain spirits and beers can go pair well and together, go yeah. well go well together. Obviously, you think about it with, uh-huh. with that's cigars. An interesting but, segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To have it really would because you don't hear a lot about that. Yeah, yeah. Ian just brought about the, brings out the vanilla. Yeah, and it the, totally yeah. does. I yeah. just tried that, and you're absolutely right. It brings out a distinct vanilla note in the uh, reposado from Pura Vida that is it's there when you taste it, but it's more distinct after you've well, had a little. And of interestingly enough, when you go back to the beer, it brings out almost more of an espresso from the coffee flavors. Mm-hmm. And, and tamps down a little bit of the sweetness that the beer has in the beginning, too. And it, all great results both ways. You know what's really so. awesome about trying these pairings is that it encourages you encourages you to go from the beer to the spirit and then back to the beer. Right. And then back to the spirit. And then, and then back, back to, to the beer. beer. <laughs> and this is a pattern I really, I really No matter how many of your listeners ask you to hire me personally for life, please don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll be in big trouble. Well, you know, okay, this is so too much fun. Oddly, oddly, one of the better uh, spirit and, and beer taste uh, pairings that I've had, uh, and I happened upon this one day when I was up at uh, a little bar that I hang out with, I hang out at, I was drinking the uh, Bell's Two Hearted Ale, which is one of the best, I, I think it was voted best IPA. Pardon me. Yes, uh, for a couple of years in a yeah. row, I believe, voted best IPA. Voted best IPA for a few years in a row, and I was drinking one of those because I don't drink a lot of IPAs. When I do, I want it to be that kind of good, you know, like the one you're talking about. Like, you're outstanding. And um, and I noticed that he had some uh, Basil Hayden rye on the wall, and I hadn't tried Basil Hayden rye, so I said, do you mind if I, you know. Just try a little. Just try a short sample, pour yeah. of it. And he poured it, and they went so well together. Rye whiskey and a good balanced IPA, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be the basil heat of that. Those just happen to be what I tried, but rye whiskey and a great well-balanced IPA are a fantastic match. Mm-hmm. I, I think we ought to do a Three Amigos, which is, you'd have the Reposado, this beer, and, and a, some mole enchiladas. Kind of the three chocolate Amigos. <laughs> how good, how good that would that be? Right. Yeah, that'd be nice. How good would that be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's a restaurant downtown uh, across from uh, uh, the building where I live, where they have a mole appetizer, and they bring out six different kinds of mole and uh, tortillas, and that is fantastic. <laughs> Let me there's just a, say. a, a Donna Rocky's right by my house, mm-hmm. and their Sunday brunch. God, I used to love that place. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's right. It's right across the street, so it's convenient to me. But their Sunday brunch, which is a little pricey, is yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah. And they have their whole center of this place is all dessert, and and they have like the moles and the and the dessert uh, uh, t- uh, tacos and all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So we're going to take a break. I still have some tequila questions. Still have a few questions about uh, about the whiskey as well. And plus, we have one more uh, beer to sample. And I have a feeling we might go back for a little more of the reposado and try it with this final beer, uh, as we were talking about, from the beer to the spirit to the beer to the spirit uh it's what the show's all about we'll be right back just put dot 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 after that it's yeah, fine dot right. dot dot yeah we got a toast to spring break 2019 <laughs> yes we do and by the way uh american uh national national american beer day is coming up so don't let me forget to tell you about that uh it's smoking and toasting yeah that would be interesting to try that mm-hmm. maybe it's sylvia's or somebody's mm-hmm. I bet that'd be great. Which is really amazing. Yeah, right. yeah. 
on the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is uh, show number 110. We are talking tequila, and I can now say, and whiskey uh, with uh, and whiskey. Stuart and Caitlin uh, uh, from uh, Pura Vida. And we will, uh, we, by the way, um, October 27th, it gets lost in the Halloween shuffle. Uh, but October 27th is National American Beer Day. So please plan to celebrate by, uh, you know, enjoying some National American beer of your choice uh, on uh, on the 27th of October. And we will be enjoying uh, some milk stout uh, in this final uh, segment. Uh, you know this is Dia de los Muertos. Yes, it is. November 1st. Yes, I know. And that's, that's an exciting day. So... So the whole um, the whole Day of the Dead thing has really taken off as something that's recognized in the U.S. Do you see a bump in tequila sales we for do. that the way, you, just, the way you do for uh, like uh, Cinco de Mayo? Yeah, Caitlin just actually she'll send you a couple of great recipes for some stuff we're doing. Oh, I love but that. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and uh, and with the Disney movie Coco. Oh, that oh, yeah, which is by the way an awesome movie. Yes, yes. that is just the greatest. And I don't mean ever. to brag about being a fantastic husband, but I did give you a Dia de los Muertos. Um, tart ring, candy ring. Nice, oh, yeah, nice, nice. nicely nice. done, yeah. well played. <laughs> the the Day of the Dead, the man with the future. Right? Uh, I'm telling you, the Day of the Dead brag. skeletons uh, as a little stylistic and artistic thing has become quite a pop culture too. Well, sure, mm-hmm. I, I you know there's very few things I actually collect, but I do collect yeah. uh, Day of the Dead stuff, and I've got a nice little. Uh, Thing of it that I got to talk to you about helping me build a cabinet because I'm terrible at cabinet we, building. We, we've tossed that idea yes. around. Let's, yes, so, we'll start getting serious yeah, about it. Yeah, then. all right, all right. Sounds sounds good. So uh, so we will be trying another uh, beer, and this is something that I'm sure Ian's going to like, even though I didn't realize he had Great already tried effect. it. Uh, this is the uh, bourbon barrel aged stout from New Holland Brewing called Dragon's Milk. I have how, to tell how you, how are you familiar with this? My well, good I friend? have to tell you, if you think it's a burden for me to try beers more than once. Mm-hmm then we actually need to talk a little bit, okay? <laughs> um, so, oddly enough, this beer's from... Uh, from New Holland, uh, which is in Holland, Holland, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. That and, looks like um, EKU 28. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I'm expecting the viscosity on this to be very So, high. I was introduced to this because uh, me and my wife, she was my, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. We decided to take a road trip. My uh, One of my cousin's uh, daughters, uh, well, I guess my niece... Mm-hmm. Second niece, and I don't know exactly how it works. Anyway, got married. My niece, for for lack of any other term, got married, and we decided to go up to Michigan for the uh, for the wedding. Uh, my parents were from Michigan, so I've, we've got lots of family in uh, up in the area, and uh, so we're wandering around Michigan, and we happen to go by this this shop that's like you know advertises local beers and craft brews, blah blah blah, blah. and we hadn't seen anything like this. But we're on the way to the wedding, so I was like, we have to stop here, so I pull in. <laughs> and we go shopping and I pick out like three or four six packs of stuff that and my wife comes over and they sell this in a four pack uh the the uh they sold this in a four pack and it's the New Holland Dragon's Milk and you know my wife um loves anything geeky and dragony and and D&D mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like that um and she loves stouts you know big time so, so this she, was calling her from the yes, show yes this <laughs> I don't know if she even saw anything else in the store or just talked to her she came but in she and comes up, she goes she goes uh she goes we have to get this I'm like okay and we tried it and it was outstanding like I haven't even tasted this beer yet but mm-hmm. this is outstanding now I'm wondering how Stuart's going to react to this because this is this is pretty heavy so for someone that is you know generally enjoys things with a little bit lighter uh, profile this 
I don't know how this will. Strike will you. also surprise you. It's very chocolatey. I'm more interested <laughs> to see if they made it to the wedding. Um, this went straight to the reception. <laughs> we did actually. <laughs> we did make it to. It was a beautiful wedding. Uh, we did make it to the wedding, and then uh, and then we had quite the reception with with a bunch of family that I hadn't seen in. 10 plus years at that point in time well i just speaking of weddings i, I will uh, again i've said this before on the show but i had not known ian very long my wife had known him for a number of years but i had not known him very long when i got invited to uh, his wedding when he and tiffany got married and uh i was impressed right away i was like this is the best beer i've ever had at anyone's wedding ever <laughs> you know and it was it was a you know and a generic keg. looking keg right yeah, and i was like oh i'm going back for more of this this is awesome i'm so glad and usually i'm not like the biggest, you know, oh, oh, we have a wedding, yay. You know what I mean? But uh, but I had a wonderful time at your wedding. That's, uh, you know, my wedding was designed to be a party that we interrupted for about 10 minutes with a ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> and that worked. And, by the way, we drank beer in the wedding ceremony. <laughs> yes. No, it was actually very meaningful because they, they uh, we poured had a sweet beer, beer and into, a, into beer a common and glass. It was, it uh, was, did you video this and sell this to them for a little YouTube clip? <laughs> we should have. Well, they would have loved it. Honestly, if Smoking and Toasting it. had been happening at that time, we yeah, would have we totally, we we totally done that. Did you guys have any uh, uh, tequila at your wedding? We did. Um, too much. So uh, <laughs> the thing that was so interesting is, is at the place where we had it, we had so many people that were going to donate, like you know, our friends that are in the business, Tito mm -hmm. Beverage, John mm -hmm. Baljoria, Eric Dopkins, um, but we couldn't get past the licensing for what we had to do at the venue and everything, and, and it was just too complicated. So we gave them a budget for the liquor to bring in more than we thought we could ever drink, and we called her and she told us how much we could drink and how much we owed. And I said, I don't know if we should be ashamed or proud and she goes i'd go with proud <laughs> so, <laughs> so long long answer to that yeah well so quick curious how do you feel about this particular beer you know what this tastes like i like it but you know what it tastes like to me what's that cold special coffee a little bit mm -hmm. yeah i could go mm -hmm. with that it does yeah. like you know when you see i don't yeah, i spend a lot of my time in countries most of the people don't ever want to go to but in the middle east and africa and and eurasia and coffee especially strong strong coffee right is so prevalent a big deal, yeah. and that's what this tastes like it tastes like a turkish coffee mm -hmm. um that's it's got a bitterness like that would it have does. yes yes and the aroma is the same way mm -hmm. and I, so would, I just tried it with the tequila and it was really interesting uh, so interesting. i i just did that and what i find is it brings out the pepper and the butteriness in the tequila, in the tequila. yes it does that uh that was this totally perfect different description from the, from the maduro Perfect mm -hmm. description, right? Because the Maduro <laughs> brought out more of the the sort of yeah. uh, mapley kind of a yeah the uh, oak flavors oak and flavors things like that. Yeah, when this concentrates totally on the butter and the pepper. Yeah, I yeah. get the, that soft butter feel exactly. I mean, your palate is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're a pro. <laughs> I'm glad I have one. Thank you. It's, it's almost like he does this on a weekly basis, isn't it? <laughs> now, uh, he, you know, this is actually part of the reason that we wanted to do the show was to be able to taste more things, expand the palate, and do it in sort of a way that, I don't know, gave us a good excuse for doing it, I think, yeah. is a good way to say it. Well, you frankly, there are, some, there are some things, like sometimes we get certain spirits on here, like vodka. What does vodka go with? You can have good vodka, and you can have mediocre vodka, but vodka is mostly a neutral spirit. Now, it was really interesting, uh, interesting when we had um, Chris Sewell on here because she had a bunch of the flavored vodkas, the deep mm -hmm. eddy stuff mm -hmm. that was really interesting, and 
you can almost project. Some of those are nice by themselves, but you can project what kind of drinks they're going to make. It's great. This right here is such a good... Long Island iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This right here is such a good beginning uh, uh, distillate that everything you do with it is going to be good. And mm -hmm. it's interesting to see how well it goes with different things. I can... I can see this maybe clashing with a really bright West Coast IPA, but probably not so much clashing with the with the New England style or uh, mm -hmm. or the more balanced, you know, kind of in the middle IPAs. Uh, I can see your uh, tequila going, especially this uh, Reposado, going with almost anything that has because it goes well with malt. You know, like the malt profile mm -hmm. works well mm -hmm. with it. So, and the pepper flavor in there works well with malt profile. So, I think that. You, what you have there is something that would go with almost anything. Well, I think with given Cruz's background in the music industry, that we ought to have mariachis here on Dia de los Muertos I, I with think a, we should. some some mole enchiladas. What, and what, what a great show that would be! Yeah, do a little quick fifteen Our minutes. Official Day of the Dead show. I there love it. Go. I love it. Uh, Stuart, let me ask you a tequila question. I emailed you about this and and got the most interesting reply, which I read. <laughs> I know it's read, I read on the show. But I really love to have you elaborate on this. We saw, you know, we kind of try to keep up with the news about things in the cigar and beer and spirit world, and all of a sudden, the news in um, in the spirit world, particularly tequila, was flooded with stories of the agave shortage. How there wasn't enough agave that uh, that it it, it uh, was going to affect tequila availability it was going to affect tequila prices it was going to be like this big oh no tequila is going to be become and i i sent you an email asking you your thoughts about it. you said yeah it's a that's you know basically you dismissed it as being a marketing thing uh was essentially and don't let me put those words in your mouth if that's not what you meant well most of the words that i said you can't put on the air oh okay so so tell me what you can is there an agave shortage and if so should we be as fans of tequila should we be worried what's the where where does it all uh, lay down is there an agave shortage because of popularity no anybody tells you because tequila is, has has exploded one of my right? board members is was the president of tequila producers association for the last three years so um what happened was uh, everybody visualize this. If you have a hundred bottles of spirits on the back of a bar, mm -hmm. you walk into a McCormick and Schmitz, you walk into a Claim Jumper, Saltgrass, whatever it may be. If you have a hundred bottles back there, if the tequila market is seven percent, you got seven bottles of tequila. Right. And those are Patron, Don Julio, right. you know, the, the, the bigger names, big ones right? that spend yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. on marketing. When they start having their bottle removed and they don't have all three of their, their Blanco Reposado Añejo and one of them is being mm -hmm. replaced with Pura Vida mm -hmm. or another brand, they start getting worried. So your two largest producers, I'll leave the names out of uh, both of them because they are friends. I think we can figure out who that they is. They went and bought enough agave to produce 10, 15, even 20 years of tequila because they have the money and to run all the small guys out of business. Okay, so let me back up a second. So you're talking about the really big, big, big guys. Right. Said, let's corner the market corner on the market. agave. Just like the hunts did on silver. Try uh -huh. to do on silver. So, so uh, by they doing buy that, it all. They, you can't by, store it, but by they buy that, it all and make Blanco. They have what they need. Right. And maybe some of the little guys won't be able to get it. So uh, the agave has gone up 800% last year. 800%. So tequila should realistically be right now. $200 a bottle. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Cow. So crazy. why isn't it? Um, it's not because a lot of the people, people like ourselves, plan for the future. Now, eventually, if it keeps on going on, 
you're going to have some issues. And there's other there's other influencers behind there. I don't know if you all remember when the limes went from, you know, a quarter yes. piece to a dollar piece because mm-hmm. of our friends south of the border, mm-hmm. um, the ones with not so many scruples. Yes. So uh, those things happen, but it'll work itself out. It will. So, so you're not worried that the prices of tequila are going to jump a hundred times. Well, we don't sell enough right now. The ones that are really worried are the ones after the number one and two. When they start taking, you know, when they're, they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on agave and all of a sudden it goes up three, four, five, six, seven, eight X. Right. They've got problems. And so for the smaller craft specialty brands like ours, it's not affecting us. So how, how are you guys positioned then? Did you invest in agave for the future? in the same way, maybe in ratio to what you need as the big guys did? Well, uh, Caitlin and I would poach agave in the middle of the night. I'd pull the truck up and she'd run over and grab one. <laughs> I totally get it. Sorry, the visual on that yeah. is absolutely it's like, oh, get, get, get the bigger I, one. Get I the bigger one. one. I found one. <laughs> ouch, ouch. No, um, we, uh, we really positioned ourselves well with investing in our own agave. And um, our agave fields are actually the highest fields in the world by right. You mentioned So you've got your own fields. Correct. So what is out there on the market to be purchased has maybe less of an impact so on you. So you're a little insulated from right. a lot insulated of that. Yeah. For, for a little while. Mm-hmm. For a little while. So mm-hmm. we've made investment and agreements with uh, Now, with part of that. what I read in these articles was that unlike, you know, say, corn or wheat or some of the things that can be used in other spirits, that agave takes longer to grow to the point where it can be harvested. Is, is that a factor? Uh, well, longer is not the word. Um, corn, you can have two... Um, you know, two crops per year, same thing with wheat, depending mm-hmm. on what mm-hmm. areas you're in. Agave, traditionally, you should be using agave that's seven to nine years. Some wow. people are pulling them at four now because the prices have gone up so much and they have to have them. And how now, does that, does that change the, the flavor or the yeah. size yeah, of the plant? Absolutely. What's the difference between an apple you pull off the tree when it's not yet ripe? And Noted, okay. Yeah. Exact same thing. Right. Mm, fascinating. Exact same thing. And we also only use, we're real particular on our agave. They're 23% or higher in sugar content. We test one out of every 10, where most people test one out of every 100. We want that profile to be that much. We're very strict on our profile. Let me leave it well, consistency good. makes a huge difference Absolutely. in your product. Well said. So we know you're launching the whiskey brand. What uh, What is in the future for uh, Pura Vida? You're, you're in 48 states now. What What's the next mountain well, for you to Well, what's going to happen is us, by launching this whiskey brand, we've created a new entity. Really can't talk about that yet. We'll be able to next week. But uh, with this new entity, it's going to allow us to go out and get that C-suite of people who really know what they're doing. I mean, there's nobody that works harder than us. We've got a great, great team, uh, great grit, great um, functionality, you know, great drive. But at the end of the day, the people who've been in the business for 30 years, 40 years, you know, the 50-year-old guys, the 60-year-old guys, we need in our relationship that level of relationships to help us take it to the next level. So with this additional capital, we're going to be able to go out and put a person in all the top 25 MSAs, metropolitan statistical Mm -hmm. areas, not by population, but by sales of $25 and above whiskey and tequila and so we'll have yeah. boots on the ground and then we'll be able to do our marketing efforts that we've always wanted to do you know we can't keep up with the big boys that have all the billboards running but we've got some great marketing ideas and things that's when happen. will i be able to walk into a store and find that whiskey um we are going to be open we think q1 of 2020 again this is a fantastic distillery i could go in for, for on for hours about the detail 
But what we're doing right now is we're working on those flavor profiles, uh-huh. and so we're working with another distillery to go ahead and start aging those. So uh-huh. we could have stuff on the shelf in 9, 12 months. Okay. Um, it won't be from this distillery, but it's going to be the recipes that we're perfecting. We're right. working. And then with, you move them to your right. Well, it's, it's tough when you're when you're starting a whiskey distillery because everyone wants that how old is your whiskey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. if your whiskey distillery is only a year old, yeah, you can't right. have a nine year old whiskey. Right. And we're doing American. We're doing Texas Hill Country whiskey. And we're doing I a bourbon it. too, but the bourbons won't be available. So that's years. a that's a long term project. I can't wait to see what your yeah it's going to. I think you guys are going to love 12 it. Twelve year old ones are going to be like. Well, and this is going to be a place where people can come out, and relax. We got a whiskey tasting room. Um, the thing's being built out of heavy timbers. We've got a. Are, are you going to make a place for cigar smoking? Absolutely. I love that. Right when you walk nice. into the right, we have three fireplaces. Caitlin has one in her country store. We have a giant one right in the middle, and then we have one to the right where people. We've actually designed it where there'll be a ledge where people can sit around the fireplace and smoke and. See, now nice. I've tried it like out in the front of Cracker Barrel, and they kind of frown on it. So it'll be good. But they to have know. all those comfy I know, rocking chairs. I know. Like, I holy know, cow. But right? Yeah, yeah, that's just not what they and were. the peanut brittle. Don't forget about yeah, the that's not what they brittle. were looking for. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but you can stay over at the distillery as well. Oh, stay over. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't cool. drink and drive because yeah. there's no Uber in. That's that fantastic. Is what really? I'm talking about. Yeah. We'll so like, if it gets late, cabins. if you if it gets late and you have a room, we're like, we're good. Absolutely, yeah. that's we're, we're so good. good. Yeah, I love that a lot of you places, were sleeping on the couch. I love that a lot of places now. If you park in the parking lot of a bar, uh, that. There's no towed away zone because right. Houston used to be the Absolutely. worst about that mm-hmm. for years. Right, it man. If you, you left a car there at two oh seven, it was towed it off. It allows you to make good decisions. And nowadays, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it allows you to make good decisions. Thank God for Uber. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, Uber, that's Uber great. That you can have places thing. to stay. Food trucks. Well, uh, guys, it has been a real pleasure having you on good the time. show. Good time. I, I, I always enjoy it. Listen, anytime we have an excuse to drink Pura Vida, it's a good thing. Uh, but we appreciate all you know, all the knowledge and all the uh, information. And um, being, uh, and I've said this on the show before, I love whiskey and I love rum. But tequila, that's that's my sweet spot. I, I'm a, a tequila person. So Did you say you now have a plethora of tequila a knowledge? A plethora of tequila knowledge. I have I have. Certainly more than I had at the beginning of the I'm still uh, a bit of a newbie. Like, when we started this show, Tequila to Me, I was still recovering from my tequila incident from years ago. Spring Break 95. (laughs) Before before we end the show, I just want to say everybody I talk to about tequila has that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, We all do. Everybody has that tequila story. You can drink a bottle of our tequila and not, I mean, I wouldn't suggest it, but you're not going to have a hangover. Right. We don't use any impurities. It's all natural. And uh, we don't use any flavors. A lot of the tequilas you'll try, people say, oh, a hint of chocolate and a hint of caramel. It's because that's what they're putting in it. Yeah, right, exactly. The additives, right. Well, I will just say, if you are over at my house and you tell me your tequila story, I'm going to be like, all right, look, sit down. I'm going to pull out my bottle of Pura Vida Añejo, and you take a little sip of this, and then let's talk about your tequila story. And that's that's what I love to do. So it's a uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, uh, Stuart and, and Caitlin. And thank you guys so much, and good luck. I'm excited about the whole... Just the stories you'll be able to tell from Luckenbach. I mean, what a what a great name! Oh, what a great what a great idea! So, uh, we uh, hope to have you back on when your first, you know, aged whiskey is uh, is ready to go. And, and 
before then would be uh, great, of course. I but, can't wait till it's uh, open. I'm coming to abuse your hospitality. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, want to say thank you again to everybody involved in the program. Thanks to uh, Alan Denny didn't show, uh, so we were going to uh, get another uh, appearance from him so he could one up Chris Hart. I heard there was a fight by the front door. I, it was, yeah, it was apparently not. <laughs> I think he owes me too. money. That yeah. was the, the issue. <laughs> uh, thanks to uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel producing the show. Thank Way you go, so Adam. much. And, uh, and thank you to uh, our friends at B&B for being the, the show sponsor. We did run out of time for sampling the Mumford & Sons IPA. We'll have to get to that next week. And so until then, uh, with a uh, little bit of the Puerto Vida Reposado. Cheers. Gentlemen, I, uh, I cheers. offer you cheers. Yeah. Have a great week. Smoking and toasting, my friends. Little clash? Is that what it is? Mm hmm. Nice. <laughs> That's our sort of signature song. Oh, so that was. We class. have a. Uh...